0: what's up everybody how you doing and welcome back to the final episode of this season's living life intently podcast i think i said that correctly anyways i'm your host lee frazier and i'm coming live and direct right from the mic from my laptop with a uh, blanket around my head trying to dampen the reverb in this room because i was a dummy and forgot my mic at home so um yeah we had this big intro um and thank you, planned uh, Canary recorded it yesterday. Um, I was going to interject, but this mic is so bad. Uh, I'm just going to let him talk. And uh, but first off, I want to say thanks to everybody who listened, subscribed, downloaded, shared this podcast over this winter. It's very fun to put these together and chat with uh, all the great people that jump on. Uh, this episode is featuring uh, my good pals Chris and Jan from A for Adventure. And, um, yeah, just from the bottom of our dirty hearts, we friggin' love yous. And uh, we'll see you this summer. If you're around Marguerite, around the Cabot Trails, pop in, say hello, have a coffee, um, jump on the river, all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to try to sell you on anything except for our paddle trip that we launched last week. So uh, four days on the Marguerite River. Anyways, this is Canary with the final uh, thank yous. And uh, we'll see you on uh, some random episodes maybe this summer. Anyways, it's Lee Frazier signing off. Love ya. Peace.
1: Big thanks to Chris Soret and Jan LaPierre for capping this season's run of episodes. We do have some releases planned for the summer and fall this year, so be on the lookout for these special episodes. We would like to thank this season's guests. Chef Brian Picard from The Bite House. Rice and Lyons from The Highland Hostel. Robin Young and Kyle McPhee from Fee's Original Goods. Benoit Lalande, Grab a copy of both of his books, Waterfalls of Cape Breton and Nova Scotia, for this summer's adventures. Jordan Bonaparte from the Nighttime Podcast. Jay Rodding from Highland Bow and Arrow. Caitlin Purcell. And Sarah Beth Drover from Salty Roses and the Periwinkle Cafe. Dennis T. Bow from Birch Canoe Works. The Sauce Boss Kevin Taylor from Island Sauce Co., Mariah Kearney from My Home Apparel, Grant Wickcomb from Kiff. Big thanks to Grant for supporting our adventures as well as jumping on the pod. i also like to thank Kate and Kwame for the amazing hospitality in the HRM, and Hilda at the Inverary Inn for her amazing hospitality. And everyone that trekked across the Highlands, Hillary, Gord, Mike, Gaia, Sarah, Alec, and Emily. Most importantly, we want to thank our listeners. Your engagement and feedback has been incredible, and the main reason we decided to step it up this time around. As always, we encourage you to like, download, comment, and rate us on your podcast app. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. Be sure to follow Live Life Intense on all socials for this year's big trips and special events. Jump on the mailing list at livelifeintense.com. For exclusive offers and discounts. And if you want to go for a stroll in the forest or want the skinny on some secret summer dance parties, I'm Sounds of Fire on Instagram. Oh, and I want to give a big thanks to Ashley Moffat for letting us give you a little taste of her record Habitat, found on Apple Music. Here's Platypus
2: Yo. I'm a
3: Platypus Yo don't make sense i'm confusing and amusing but in my defense don't critique because i'm unique yummy I mean, i'm one of a kind you can search a whole world for my exclusive design i live in lakes and rivers on the east coast of australia and no i'm not a hoax. i'm sensitive and tactile and carnivorous i'm nocturnal and i burrow and i'm venomous i'm a platypus yo i'm a platypus yo Yo oh. I got a bill like a duck, but I'm a mammal, not a bird, so that's kind of messed up. If you want to get technical, it's called a snout, and it's a sensory organ that contains my mouth. A male platypus, don't mess with him. He's got a stinger on his heel, filled with poison. If you're not a friend, then you are a foe, and he'll slap you with a stinger in a venomous blow. He's a platypus, yo. I'm a platypus, yo. Um.
1: So we're here with Jan and Chris. E, baby. Yeah. And Lee. You and Lee. me? And me. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny K. K. Johnny K. Uh, so, boys, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves <laughs> and tell us what's up?
4: Oh, well, this is... Jan LaPierre.
0: (laughs) And are you sure? A little little more energy here. You
4: know, those people who are listening can't appreciate the fact that there's a gorgeous sunset falling behind us here. That's true. I'm a little captivated by that. So, we also are recording to you live from a cherished place, which is my childhood home down here in beautiful Herring Cove, Nova Scotia.
1: I've never been down this way. This is my first drive down here. (laughs) I guess there
4: probably wouldn't have been a ton of reason for you to have come down here.
0: Yeah, no, it's fucking beautiful, though. Yeah. How did you... You were looking at your phone the whole time. Uh, (laughs) I was trying to
1: (laughs) switch my new phone from my old phone, but it it was a beautiful drive.
4: Yeah. You know what? And, like, nowadays, and you guys can appreciate this from your, your own Cape Breton lens, it's like, when I grew up here, Herring Cove was a separate entity. It was the boonies... Of Halifax, <laughs> yeah. Nowadays it's a suburb of Halifax, right? That's so, true.
0: I remember what, like, when I lived here six years ago, it was still like outside the city. Yeah, Quite fully,
4: absolutely. Like the bus came four times a day, and we would go in on Tuesdays to skateboard and buy a new CD. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big day. In fact, this this right here in a very similar circle, I remember playing hooky off. Because Tuesdays, when new albums came out, we went in and bought OK Computer by Radiohead. And we yep. brought it to this very spot. And four of us, just like this, sat there and listened to that thing and had our minds blown.
1: Cool. Yeah. I uh, I love the aesthetic here. I feel like I walked into a movie set. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're feel, not the first I, to say I,
1: it. <laughs> I, I feel like this is like a cabin from like Stranger Things.
0: This is Art if you, you guys key, do a podcast. If you guys do an A for Adventure one, this is like if you do a video one. This is your set.
4: Oh, I've long talked about doing like a variety show down here, or that, yeah. Yeah. like comedy, music, yeah, current affairs. Who knows? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, it, and it plays an integral part in in uh, our story of our oh, love story. Yeah, okay, our well, story. let's hear it. What is, what is <laughs> so it? a quick version of this? I used to drive by this place all the time before I knew Jan. Uh, I used to go to Duncan's Cove a lot, and I used to slow down and look at this cabin that we're in right now. I used to think, man, like I even took pictures of it, and uh, I was just like, this is the, what a sweet spot, like those guys are doing it right. Like All <laughs> all the cliche things, was like, I, I And I swear, we were, we were. Yeah, this is before I even knew you. And then uh, I had a Christmas party uh, one year, and a buddy of mine said that he's going to paddle a kayak to Sable Island. And I was like, well, that's a crazy idea. Who are you doing that with? Come on over and let's chat about it. I'd love to help with social media and you know, sponsorship and marketing and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it was a fundraiser to send kids to camp at Brigadoon Village. And so in walks Jan and I met him for the first time. And then he's like, uh, you know, we had a great meeting and I was going to be on board. And I got to go to Sable Island and they were kayaking there and we we're going to raise money. And uh, he's like, I'm having a little shindig at, at my uh, my parents' place where I grew up. Mm-hmm. On, on the weekend, come on over. So I, I come I come here. It's dark. I walk down the back, and I stand on the deck, and I realize where I am. I'm like, I'm at that cabin that I used to stop and look at all those times. (laughs) Like, what is going on? And that's how. And then you know, the rest is history. That was in so we're celebrating 2013.
4: uh, Well, we first met in 2012, so we are actually Chris and I celebrating 10 years together. I knew that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, somebody's, yeah, somebody's going
2: to the doggos oh, for that one no that's crazy man that's crazy that <laughs> those 10 years ago
4: it, well it, you know i feel like time has deconstructed for everybody over the last Ooh. couple of years but definitely we never imagined it would be a 10-year journey that's for sure
2: yeah so just to finish the story the the boys paddled the sable i was on the fishing boat going with them uh it took them 30 hours they paddled for 30 hours straight from canso beautiful cancel. holy fuck it was crazy (laughs) it was crazy all through the night we left at like five in the morning and i got there like 10 in the morning 30 hours later or something like that my math is wrong but it's close to that time yeah and uh yeah we spent like six hours on the stable running around and the boys were delusional i tried to stay up the whole time in solidarity I ended up passing out on the on the table and at like three in the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, for the most part, I stayed up too, uh, and it was yeah, it was amazing. So we raised like thirty five thousand dollars to send kids to camp down in Brigadoon Village. Cow. It was super super awesome. On the way home, once we got back to to dry land, back at Canso, Jan said, "I got another idea. This time it's a book, a children's book." And he started reading A is for Adventure, B is for Biking, C is for Canoeing, and I was like, "Dude." I think you got. I got to. You got to see, it. I pulled over, and I remember we were like somewhere's like by like the Whitehead or something there, like just outside of Kansas. I was like, "Did you really write this? Because this is really cool." Like I, I underestimated
4: you. <laughs> <laughs> There's still lots of conspiracy theories suggesting yeah. that I did not, did but we, Which, I do did not quell ever.
2: But we found an amazing illustrator, and then we just started working on this children's book, and. Uh, you know, started talking about it, like opened up a social media account for a for adventure and, and then like CBC came here. Whoa, another connection. Mm, Our yeah. first time on CBC, they came here and we canoed this little canoe route back in behind here. It goes to a couple of lakes and the, cano- the reporter came with us with a microphone and recorded this like six minute CBC hit. Yeah. And then they asked us to come on like the next week and talk about something else. And then we said, we've been doing CBC now for... Seven years, eight years, something like that. Uh, Every Wednesday here in Nova Scotia. And then recently we're now on five different channels, which is really cool. And it gives us a chance to, we've talked about, live life intense before, like many times on <laughs> CBC. They're still waiting good? for our, our kickback yeah. on that actually. <laughs> no, it gives us oh, a hey, chance. Yeah. Yeah. credit, in-store credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gives us a chance to kind of like talk about the outdoor community, which has been super we're, – we're really grateful for that chance for sure.
4: Look, yeah. you, you know, I think from our perspective, like the opportunity to not talk about us but like really shine the light on all the awesome people doing amazing stuff around the region – I think pretty much single-handedly has kept us invigorated about it all because, you know, everywhere we look, like, you know, Lee's a great example. So are you, Jonathan? Like honestly, the amount of people doing really, really cool, awesome stuff is just like, and we keep saying it like it's, you know. Groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But we've always believed and we still believe that it's, it's a rising tide that lifts all boats, right? Like, you know, that we're all in this together and that, um, you know from our little perch just kind of celebrating other people it's a it's an awesome place to be yeah for sure
1: yeah I uh I I like I like our our community I like staying in touch with the outdoors community and um I th- I, th- I I attribute it to um you know I had have, I, I have been to uh I traveled to Thailand for a bit and I went to Chiang Mai Mm. and I really like fell in love with Chiang Mai because everybody was like so unique and they all had a really weird, their own really weird little path that led them all to that spot. Right. And that's kind of how I feel about the outdoors community is, you know, everybody is so different, but all has their own little story that led them to like be walking in the woods together on this trail. It's, you know. it's like following a passion
2: yeah for you sure know? like that's the biggest thing like what what else would you be doing if you weren't doing this oh, you, you don't know? want to know exactly yeah <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> was oh. like, you uh, boys know what i'd be doing
4: uh, yeah it's <laughs> yeah, fair, fair it's well documented well, let's not go
2: there we're glad, um, you're, we're glad you're here
0: we're glad you're here so yeah no i i just when we were kids there was nobody to do any of this shit so i was like i knew a very small handful of people so uh when i shifted gears and started doing what i'm doing now there was still only a handful of people doing what I was doing. And I knew a few guys and I knew a couple other people, but I've just, I don't know if maybe this is just me because I was in a completely different scene for like a decade and a half, but I've just noticed a big swelling of people being interested in more so the outdoor, because when I was still kicking around Halifax, it was still club scene territory. That's all it was, was party scene, club scene, music scene. And then once I started shifting, maybe it was, it's, it's almost like my personal algorithm Changed yeah in those years, right, <laughs> and then I get, maybe it was in front of me this whole time i don't I don't know, but I just remember my images of doing the shit that we're doing now when I was a kid was very limited to a small group of people that I knew, and it was very hard to meet other people, but now it's so much easier to meet other people doing it, and I've just noticed so much more people doing it. I don't know if you guys have the same experience,
4: you know, look, I seriously could contend that like somewhere around two thousand six or seven. You know, I spent a lot of my twenties kind of leading adventures in other places in the world, but for like little stints and I'd come back here in the summer and I would lead kayaking tours. I'd be up in Pollock's Cove or, Uh you know, here, there and everywhere. Uh, And honestly, there was like a time where like, if I saw a car go by with a roof rack, I likely knew who it was because the (laughs) outdoors scene was that small that like that. And I worked at the trail shop. Back in the day. So, if you bought that roof rack, you probably got it from <laughs> us and I probably helped you with it, right? So, and it was just like, and it, you know, everyone was kind of stoked, but the community was small. Now, in isolation, like you say, like there was people all over the place who were doing their own thing and had their own little microclimate in it. Yeah. But the explosion of people suddenly recognizing that over the last 10 years, I mean, you know, from when we began this in 2012 to now, it is an entirely different landscape.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just look at it like, you know, when I went to Pulitz Cove in the summertime, there would be, I would go for a week straight and I would see five people like in in the height of like August, maybe. I, yeah. just, I lived there for a week, like literally like with four of us would be there and we wouldn't see a goddamn soul
4: so I'm super curious to get your guys opinion on this because this is a this is a big one for Chris and I controversial is this controversial well I mean it is and it isn't right because it's like part of the scene that we find ourselves is like sharing these awesome places awesome adventures awesome people Uh doing awesome things right but like there is an element and we feel it and I'm sure you guys do too right where it's like how much is appropriate to share yeah and how much is Mm in essence inspiring and helping people and how much of it is actually a deterrent so because our opinion on it has evolved a lot over the time social
2: media for me has opened up a different pathway into experiences in the outdoors and what i mean by that is you used to have to go through start with little hikes you'd start with and then you'd go and then you'd see someone on the trail and they would tell you about another cool place. And then you'd go to that cool place and mm-hmm. that's, you'd graduate to Paul's Cove or you graduate to these bigger hikes and places that were really beautiful. You had to work your way there. Now social media, people can post photos um, and other people see them and then they go right to that place, that cool place that you used to take time to get to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, and, and my biggest concern our concern with something that we always like to address is the education on, we, we want people to go to cool places um, but when you're there, there's a certain way to act when you're, so education on, on, you know, like leave no trace and all that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. yeah, it's been interesting, actually, funny story. Maybe this will be controversial, but Jane and I, <laughs> Jane and I are driving, uh, pro- I think we were driving to Ontario to be honest with you and we were still in Halifax and I pull up my phone and I'm, I'm in the passenger seat and I pull up in the CBC article and there's a picture of, and I don't know, this is probably like six years ago, maybe or something. There's a picture of Paul's Cove. The horses? Well, and then I click on the article, and it's an article about Live Life Intense. Oh, shit. They wrote an article about it? (laughs) This was like a while ago. Oh, fuck. And I'm sure you didn't know they chose that picture. But I was like, who are these guys posting a photo of Paul's Cove on an article? And it wasn't you. It was CBC. Uh, It was before I knew you. It was before I knew you. Was it it Chronicle
0: Herald? Maybe it was Chronicle Herald.
2: Herald. It could have been. It could have been Chronicle Herald. You know what it was?
0: It was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was the I, first year we opened, yeah. Yeah,
2: and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, does Matt Moore know that they are talking about Paul's Cove? Because um, I had a funny story about Paul's Cove in that same light. I, I put a picture up my first time, one of my first times there, which was probably 10 years ago, like the start of kind of like Instagram, whatever yeah. that was for me. <clears throat> and Nova Scotia Tourism put the photo, because I knew the one of the people working there, they put the follow me having breakfast with Paul's Cove down like I was up on the hill. Yeah. And they shared it on their, their uh, Visit Nova Scotia page. And I was like, wow, that, that seems weird because it's private property. And I can't imagine tourism. Why would, why would they share that photo? And then Matt Moore wrote me a message. He was like, hey, man, take that photo down. Matt Moore is the owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know yeah. you guys know that, but for the listeners. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, man, I'm so sorry. And then, so then I got to talking with him. And he was telling me, like, kind of his journey, his life story, which is really cool. And yeah, and then I saw shortly after I saw that article that they had yeah, put it with you. And I was like, Oh man, like, so that was before I knew you and realized <laughs> that you're a, a sweet guy. And like, you know, we all, but it was a really interesting, it kind of started for us. Like that's when I started realizing like, yeah, like these without gentle uh, like care, these places that we love so much, can be destroyed if we're oversharing them. And so we had to really look ourselves in the mirror and we don't do a perfect job. And I'm sure people out there maybe don't like us because we posted something in the past or something, but we do try to be really careful with that now. And I know you have, I've seen a couple of your Uh, posts kind of ranting about. It
0: it is a very hard it's a sticky topic. That's what I'm going to get at. It's a, it's a very sticky topic because it's the opinion has changed so drastically from when we when I first started to now. I mean that picture that was uh I, that's here. I have the picture that article framed because it was like front page Chronicle Herald first year. I was like, how did we land front page of the business section of Chronicle Herald? I have no clue.
2: Because he followed your passion? Oh
0: fuck! Yeah. <laughs> Somebody liked it. Um, but yeah, that picture was uh, I don't even I can't even remember what picture I, I don't was, I don't remember the picture. I think actually. it was Roman's uh, Roman book for. Um, photographer for Shady Camp I grew up with. And it was his, and he had given us a bunch of hiking-related photos for our website. Um, and I didn't know anything about, like, the do's and don'ts and and, and all that sort of stuff. It was just like, I really like that photo, or whatever, that was a front page um, of our website, and that's what they ended up using for that article. And then since then, the the um, my thought process had kind of started to change a little bit uh, because of things like, you know, the impact we started doing tubing on the Marguerite River. So prior to that, the only people that tubed on the river were maybe 15 people a year that were locals that that we would go with and hang out with and friends of ours. And it was like a local activity. It wasn't really that well-known and, you know, people just float for fun. And then we started doing it and I saw the impact that what we had of showcasing that activity because people come down from wherever and they've, you know, go to Walmart, whatever, buy a tube and hit the river. And then we saw the impact of waste, the impact of people not respecting the private property that they're accessing. The property that we used to use was, um, it's a privately owned piece of land. It's like actually a part of the old Cabot Trail. And uh, we would land down there to put our clients in the river and the parking lot would be full of people and garbage everywhere and tubes all over the place. And, you know, I... And then it's like Margarita is a very big salmon, Atlantic salmon uh, industry there, or or tourist and or whatever fishing industry, whatever not industry. What's the word I'm looking for? Anyways, it's kind so, of an industry. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't want to. Community. I saw the amount of people that use that section of the river that we use for tubing. It's fine, you know. if People from way come down; they're not with us. Whatever they they hit the river, um, we end up sending crews down to clean up. We have like waste. We pick up waste at the start, waste at the end uh, because it reflects poorly on us. But also it's like the influx of people using that, that river during the day. Nobody can fish that section because there's so many, like literally so many people that go down through all the holes. So there's no point. So I didn't want to see that happen on the rest of the river. Um, and we want to keep it to that one area so we anybody that asks us where to go we tell them hey you can do the same round we're doing just go down from our lo- our property and there's a spot you can put in you go down this is the bridge park your car there that sort of stuff um but the Paulus cove thing um so we ended up taking that picture down because i realized that we might be sharing stuff that it was privately only because it brought it got brought to my attention that you weren't supposed to be doing that. And I had no clue. I was uneducated. Same thing happened to me. yeah. Right. So uh, I changed my viewpoint, stopped doing that. And then with the rise of social media and geotag and that sort of stuff, um, it really came to a head when I went to uh, Paulitz Cove and I was there and it was just like, there's people cutting down trees. There was like big parties with like Bluetooth speakers we were a big group as well. we were, I mean, we were 20 people uh, that we went in there. But there was, like, probably 150 people in the cove. Like, wow. crazy Whoa. parties. Crazy. And, like, there was going to be a mutiny at one point because the people partying was a group of, like, 30, 40 people, um, like, all night, like, 4 in the morning still partying and people from the rest of the cove screaming at them. Like, no etiquette of what to do. It's like a its like a mecca where people hiking into and have fun and relax. And So, anyways, I got back and I just, personally, I just, kind of put up a big post and took a lot of online flack for that. one. I I loved it, but it was, it was a more people took it a little bit differently where calling us uh, or myself a gatekeeper of, of the Cove. And it was more or less talking about educating people on the hike because I met families hiking in flip flops Mm. on, on heart attack Hill being like, how far to the horses? I'm like, buddy, you have like
5: a, day. D- <laughs> a day left.
0: <laughs> like, Two
4: more mountains to go, man. Do you
0: know? You have no water bottle, like none of that sort of stuff. So that is not being educated, seeing the pictures on social media, seeing the geotag, going there, not reading about it. So if somebody asks yes. me about it, I tell them like every detail um, that I know and what to look out for.
2: Yeah, and that's the education part that I'm talking yeah. about that's it, so it, important. That gets missed because of social media and people just like, oh, I'm going to go there and wear their flip-flops because they don't know how far it is. I mean, I'm not saying I had a buddy walk in barefoot with a backpack on. I mean, yeah, he it, but you know, it's, but he's experienced
0: and he knows what he's doing. So it's about educating people on the proper etiquette. And it, like, especially in the highlands, like doing the winter stuff, you don't have to, you know, pay us as a guiding company to take you across. You can still do it on your own uh, through Parks Canada with proper permits. However, I try to make everybody aware um, of what the climate is like because it, doesn't give two shits about you Mm -hmm. and it's a very like our
1: last trek um was a really good example for that you know most of the people that came with us were pretty experienced hikers pretty experienced with the outdoors um uh, a, a couple weren't you know they it's a recreation for them but you know not experience, not super experienced with multi day tracks or whatever, where does Bardsley <laughs> fit in that uh yeah, I mean he's <laughs> you know he he's he's a pretty experienced outdoorsman, you know um but like in the first twenty four hours we saw four seasons and sweat winds, and like you know the that first morning waking up, people were taking panic attacks. Like,
2: you guys had rain too, didn't you? We had yeah. rain, yeah. sleet, hail, yeah. snow, flash freezing. It's sweat hard winds. to bring
4: <laughs> people to a calm state when the wind is raging over 100 kilometers an hour. Yeah. In my experience.
1: So I just want to get back. like, So back to your question about... Um, what was the question? Just like introducing people right. using social media and so on and so forth. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate that... I get to use the outdoors as therapy and, you know, use my, the experience I've gained throughout my life to help other people get to a place where, you know, they feel comfortable in the outdoors. Um, and I think like, you know, most of the cool spots I've ever been, I only got there because somebody shared a pin. Mm.
5: Yeah, I, sure. I only knew
1: about it because of that. Right. Or I only found out about, this waterfall or this cave or whatever, because somebody was willing to tell me where it was. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, you know, I, I try to do the, from the educational thing with people, um, I think like, you know, people people can only really understand the gravity of environmental impact when they experience it. You know, so maybe not everybody's going to hike out 20 pounds of rope when they leave Pollock Cove or a bag of garbage or whatever. But I think going with environment, going into the woods with environmentally conscious people and seeing them pick up trash as they walk through the trail that rubs off on you, you know, and then the gatekeeping thing we're, t- we talk about this all the time is like, my biggest thing with gatekeeping is if it is unsafe for somebody with little experience to be there, mm. such as Rocky Brook Falls, Tanner Brook Falls, Second Forks getting to, um, caves, mines. Like, yeah, I fucking go in that shit, but, <laughs> I, but I do not feel comfortable or want to be responsible for sending somebody there that thinks that it's a walk in the park and they can't get hurt, mm. you know? Um, so that those are the, the things I gatekeep are the things, that would be dangerous for you to go. And most people, if they say, I really want to go here, um, but you won't tell me where it is, I will take them there right. and I will make sure that they follow, you know, the, this, this, the, 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 the at least, at least I will make sure that they come back. Will I come back? I don't fucking know.
4: <laughs> you heard it here, folks. He's willing to sacrifice himself. For yeah, that's this. right. <laughs> that's yeah. another reason to sign up for a tour with Live Life Intense. Well, I that's mean, it.
0: like, like every everything is findable, or, or you know, you can find anything these days, right? So it's very hard to keep people away from. It's just you just got to do your best to try educate people on the on the fact, and that's pretty much the end of it. That's where I've settled now. So
2: that's hundred percent where we are at. You man. Know, like education, all we can do is. You know, talk about it on the radio, give people tips, you know, try to lead by example, um, you know, but education, because you, yeah, people can Google whatever they want. And they know where to go and well, they can he, he was, no problem. He, he
0: was reverse image searching a picture because somebody wouldn't tell him the spot. And he just put the image <laughs> in and it told him. <laughs> really? 50, well, <laughs> somebody, so, so about a year ago. Um,
1: somebody posted a picture of George Fraser Slot Canyon. Oh, yeah. You know the waterfall. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been there, but I, that's yeah. on
2: my list for this year to go to. When You guys were talking about that in the podcast. My ears were like, "What are they going to say here?" Right. <laughs> so I that's that's, um, that's another one with a guide. Go with Lori yeah. Curry from li, uh, Local Guy Adventures. Cool. He's your guy, and because it, it's again, it's one of those places like we could all do it, no problem. But there's a couple ropes to go down. Yeah. There's some slippery rocks. There's like you have to cross the river yeah after you go down somebody a road. else recommended him too so yeah. like Laurie i might Curry's, just do it for the rush he's also a human beauty.
1: you know i love uh i love the interaction you know and that's like a value you get with a guide as well okay. it's like the interaction you get a little local history you get a little mm. local flair like yeah. you know um oh, yeah could, so i that stuff recommend but somebody enough. posted a picture of that and i said in in nova scotia hiking adventures group
2: right, right? yeah yeah
1: and i said where is this when there's a bunch of people in the comments where is this where is this where is this one person said i can't tell you it's a secret and look, and there's so an I,
4: aspect of that that frustrates me too right because yeah. there's now this baiting that's going on right because yeah, you put the picture up
2: <laughs> if you put a picture this up yeah a, it kind of like so i took the photo and
1: i put it in tineye you know Eye is <laughs> yeah. a reverse image search yeah. cool. yeah. and it gave me all the photos Whoa. that are uh, <laughs> close to that, right? right?
2: It's on Google. Like you can see, it's like
1: it's. Oh yeah, it's yeah, got a pin. But I had no. I, like I didn't even know where to start. Sure, like, what sure, do I sure. call that if they didn't name right. it? Right. 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 Yeah. Cool. They, they, did, they didn't yeah. say this is George Fraser Slock Canyon, or I would have fucking Google where George Fraser River is. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. But anyway, that's. But cool. you know what? This does
4: kind of illustrate like the second fold to this problem, right? Because like there's. Obviously, like the overloving that's going on sometimes, you yeah, know, and we hear about that. There's the second part of it that I guess I'm more afraid of, in mm. that, like, you know, specifically given the trajectory of the last couple of years, mental health is a discussion point that is like so, starting to see it's it's yes. day time of the day. But I feel like we're about to collide into a, another pandemic of people really you know, bottoming out from a hard couple of years, right? And, you know, I wonder about our impact at times. And we talk about this a lot, which is like, sometimes sharing these things are triggering people in the opposite direction than we intended to, Mm. because they don't see themselves as part of it, despite real effort to make them feel like there's community here and that we're all in open arms. Yeah. But I wonder too, because there's an aspect of addiction that Mm -hmm. comes in with you know social media we all have felt that right at different times yeah so you know part of me like i i almost get stage fright posting things now because i'm like well jesus i got a lot of weight on our shoulders here because like (laughs) a i don't know that i want you know are we supposed to be sharing this place Mm. b who's being triggered by this in the opposite way that we intended to be
1: yeah so i think one thing i've learned in recovery is that you know I am not responsible for somebody else's opinion. Mm. I'm not responsible for somebody else's feelings, you know? Um, However, one of the things that, like, I, I have found... Uh, really awesome about the not even just the outdoors community, but just being able to like share adventures. and I'm sure you guys have the same thing is like, you know, people who are in your life that might not necessarily be able to get outside absolutely um, are, are like, yes, you know, like I'll have like. An older lady that I barely know that was somebody's aunt that I grew up with message me and be like, my husband and I spent our honeymoon there. Mm. I have two, two total knees done, so I can't hike up that anymore. But it's, I really love seeing, mm. you know, and then on the other side of it is like the addiction thing is like, you know, I get to sometimes take out, um, fellow peoples in recovery and get them re-amalgamated with nature. And, you know, it's like, I, like, I know when I was in a club all the time or when I was sitting at home all the time and just high or drunk, like I did not even consider that I could go outside, let alone yeah. hike a mountain.
4: Because your world becomes that much smaller, right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, I, You know, I I've I work in film and part of that is, you know, doing tourism shoots and like that is literally the only time of the year I ever went out into nature for the past for ten years before I got sober. Right? So I don't know, like I get what you're saying about triggering people and so on and so forth, but I think like part of our Our duty to being, um, you know, uh, vocal members of the outdoors community is, you know, giving people the opportunity to join us or or being positive advocates.
4: Fully, you know, know, and this is like such a critical point because you know what we have found in uh, the, you know, the most powerful moments of this ten-year ride for sure have been where we have found ourselves with people who are very new to the outdoors or mm-hmm. like you, like yourself, right? Like returning yeah. to it after a time. And it's, it's absolutely when the cameras and the phones are put away and it's the conversations around the campfire. You know, one of the things we've been really proud of, uh, you know, over the last six years is like the learn to camp program that we've been involved yeah. with. Right. You know, and from its very inception back in 2015, we invited new Canadians to come out with us. Oh, cool. Uh, and in that iteration you know it seems like a whole, whole nother world a whole nother conflict like you know that was people coming from syria and like they're you know you could see i mean you know this is so in our face right now with everything we, within ukraine right but like you could see the scars of war on their face yeah and where are down there in Kedji, uh convincing them that the outdoors is a really fun place to be you yeah. know and, and convincing them too to go camping yeah when they just came from a refugee camp yeah and thinking like, is this, uh, this is are we introducing a good thing here? Which I we obviously believe that we deeply are, but um, you're totally right, man. Like it's those moments where you're out there and you can see the lights turn on for somebody that uh-huh. this is, even if it's just in that moment, right? And I think to kind of put a pin on this whole thing, it's just that like <laughs> our whole opinion of it changes all the time
1: yeah it's evolving for completely, sure
4: completely for sure and yeah. you know how I feel about it right now is not necessarily how I'm gonna feel about and it and some
1: sometimes I think depending on like the demographic or the people you're working with or the topic you're speaking on or the place we're talking about um, it changes as well you know Definitely. so like when I talk when i <clears throat> when I think about like uh people who are <laughs> uh more inexperienced saying oh I, like I want to jump on this track and do this crazy thing. Right. You know, and like, far be it for me to tell you what you can do or can't do, but... I think from my experience, I know I was miserable (laughs) when I decided to do this and I wasn't fucking ready for
4: it. Right. And there's like the overall ultimate truth here that like the actual way you learn how to do all of this is failing miserably. Oh, yeah. You know, so like at a certain point, you got to be like, "Flying little birdie, go, you know, like you got to do this. But at the same time, be like, here's all the things you need to know.
1: It's funny. We did the horseshoe track last year in the winter. Um, four days, uh, you know, to tip over and then back out, um,
0: through the highlands, through the highlands. Highlands. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and so Lee had asked me at Christmas, I like the day after I got the postcard that said, let's go do this.
0: I didn't ask you. I told you.
1: Yeah. He told me (laughs) we're we're doing this (laughs) Start training now. So I. I got a gym membership. I like went out. I was like super motivated four hours a day at the gym, like beating the four shit. Four hours. Four hours, dude. Boy. Two, two, two hour workouts a day because I, I was off work. I had nothing going on, pandemic, like whatever, right? Who That's cares? Like, like, let's do this. So it's absolutely brain, eh? Like, I, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So I worked super hard at it. And when I got there, I realized that I didn't prepare mentally for this oh
4: and that's that's i'm so glad you bring that up so this
1: year when we did this one i'd like I was like, okay, I got to prepare for this. So like, got a gym membership five hours a week at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> but I spent more time out in the cold. I spent more time on my gear prep. I spent more time stretching, you know, to, to ensure that the things that would impact me physically, um, that would deteriorate me mentally, that I was prepared for those things. Right. And it, despite finishing, uh, the across the highlands with like a broken toe and like little things like that i was like my spirits were up i was ready to go right prepared
4: mentally yeah yeah well look you know i feel like you guys kind of come at this from opposite ends right because if i'm reading the room right i'm feeling like lee's ready to hike if he, i told him to all the way back to cape Breton on foot if he had to yeah right started, like, starting now yeah yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, i have to do it i'm gonna go do it barefoot okay yeah yeah no problem whereas like you're coming at it from a different angle right like you know having seen seen, yeah. seen some things yeah but you gotta think of
0: it I, it's, I mean i grew up the first time i did a hike like a big hike was politics when i was five years old that was like my wow. entry level so that was like uh reebok pumps on backpack <laughs> yeah. on my back and then when i started crying uh my dad would be like no nope, not carrying that bag you're hiking the whole way i was like okay You guys
4: should do. Well, no, I probably wasn't like okay. I was probably like
0: crying, like "Come on, take it!" And he's like, "Nope, fuck that. You're taking it. You're carrying it now." The signature round.
4: No, of you know, like if you want to up your live life intense merch. Signature run of Reebok pumps, <laughs> <laughs> the logo down the side. I would buy those. I'll get in touch with Ali
1: B- Alibaba. <laughs> see, if we, <laughs> see, see if we can get a manufacturer on the line.
4: So is that is that kind of where you came to it, man? Like you, your folks, like they were they were charging?
0: Yeah, Dad. Uh, when we were kids. Um, I remembered it completely different, and my brother actually brought it up. Or and actually, my dad did two years ago, and because um, my friends were down, and he was telling the whole story and stuff. So, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't even know that's how this happened. I didn't know this is anyway." So, you know, you have beavers, cubs, that sort of stuff. So we had beavers, and and people that had approached dad. This would probably be nineteen ninety when I was five. So around that time, eighty nine, ninety, somebody approached dad and said we would like somebody to do Boy Scouts, and he said, "Okay, cool, yeah, I'll I'll do it." under one condition and they're like okay what's that and he goes i'm gonna bring my kids no matter what age with me and they're like okay and so i was in I remember being in beavers (laughs) and he pulls me out of beavers and uh we're running it was like kids in their 13 in their teens right so and then me and i was just there's pictures of this i think it's on the website too and i have a bunch at the house. or scanned on my computer and we're there at the trailhead of Paul's Cove and they had bought uh, at the time dad was running uh, or my grandmother's running the company the forestry company and she had a, a van a crew van for planting plant trees right so it had the rack on top for holding all the tree planting stuff and the van so that was our hiking mobile and so we all piled in that and we went down to Paul's Cove and hiked in and we have we still have them the uh, uh the the triangle tents with the poles and oh the like lines. a hoochie is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I still have a with, with no
4: floor, right? No yeah. one had a
0: floor. Oh, no, these okay. ones had a floor, but it was like the the aluminum pole on the ends, and then you have your tension line off the sides. Oh, and, But like they a... used to get flattened with the wind. Was Ooh. it canvas? No, oh. no, it was like a te- like a te- like yeah, nylon or whatever. Like sort of early it. His father Coleman. hiked it in uh, rubber boots and chainsaw pants. That was, <laughs> that, was uh, that was second forks falls. That was second
1: forks oh, falls, which yeah, yeah. was the, like
4: the creme de la creme of gear back then. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. It really I, truly was. I mean
0: we all went in and we had fun. and We were in Outer Brook, and uh, there's like this the brook that goes down to the ocean. There's all this uh, uh, little pools in the rock, and we were bathing. We'd camp there for the night, and we we're bathing and um or we camped there on the way back and we're bathing in these pools like a hot tub and everybody's like showering and whatever. Yeah, that was the first and and but the boy scouts was not really boy scouts it was like crazy shit like winter camping, sleeping in snowbanks and it never really got badges or none of those sashes or anything. It was just a bunch of kids going out and I have no idea how they let th- them do things that they did back then. And then uh, I think I was like seawall trail. We did it in like October one year and I was 8, my brother was 6. And uh, I just remember being in – we didn't take the actual Seawall Trail route, what what they have mapped out now. We went kind of like inland in the bog. And I just remember being cold and wet and being up to my waist in mud and slipping and falling back in the mud. And then getting to camp and I had my hand in – we made these uh, Graves uh, apple juice canisters with, like, take cardboard and, like, a uh, tuna can and uh, sawdust and, and wax. Wax, yeah. Yeah, and you make this little burner. And so we had those going. I had my hand in the flames, and I just couldn't feel anything. It was just And then one of the kids had hypothermia. And so Dad and the other leader jumped in the tent with him with the, like, space blankets and warmed him up. And, like, it was crazy.
1: So, yeah. like, from the time I could walk until I was a teenager, um, I spent bushwhacking.
4: Because you grew up in Sydney, like handy. Yeah, chilly. like I
1: grew up in Glace Bay, um, right. between Glace Bay and Waterford. Right. Um, so my cousin and I w- would, like my mom would drop me off of my cousins and we would like go into the woods in Waterford for like six hours and we would come out of fucking dark. I'm, like... I don't know. We might come out like 10k down the highway, and then just like walk back. And we're like, all right, let's walk back. Like, so I've always been very comfortable in the the, the woods. Um, what about you guys? When
0: did you um, when did you get an interest in the outdoors? Jane, when I'm, did you start? I, yeah, I'm I'm assuming you started early by the looks of this cabin.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise. Anybody who has visited. Where we are right now, which is again my parents' backyard <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're set at you know right next to a beautiful lake that attaches to another amazing little group of lakes as it goes up you know just south of here, and we're right across the street from the ocean too, so you know it's privilege on privilege right for sure, and uh you know for me too, like the outdoors was absolutely like an escape as well. Like, you know, for me, I, you know, from the earliest memories that I can possibly go back to, it, it was, it was, you know, we grew up, it was a, it was a busy house here, right? There's three other boys and, yeah, and, uh, you know, times were good and times were bad. And I just like always saw that the outdoors was just like always, sometimes uh, indeed like a safer place to be. Yeah. So, you know, in fact, this, this, little building that we're in is is affectionately referred to as Pete's Retreat, which Pete's my dad. Cool. Uh, He he might actually crash in this party here. That's okay. It it wouldn't surprise me at all. (laughs) That's cool. Um, And he built this because uh, this is going back like, you know, 25, 30 years. Right. Because he would probably at the time about the age we are now and dealing with three rambunctious boys and wanted a place to escape to. Right. <laughs> so he built this retreat and then we got wise to it pretty quick that it was awesome. So we chased his ass out of here. And so took it over as our own. And, uh, you know, we've come down here, man. And like, and, you know, the outdoors in general, like it's been the place that we've spent the best times and it's been the place that we spent the worst times for sure. Yeah. And, um, Always 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 really grateful to have had it and to share it with a lot of people, I mean, like you know, Chris and I just over the last ten years have thoroughly overly enjoyed this place at times, <laughs> and um you know it, for us, man, like for me it the outdoors is the place that like I'm truly most connected to I think you know who I want to be yeah. at times, yeah, but uh I think the thing that makes me the most passionate about it is like discussions like this that happen in the outdoors. Yeah. Because there's something about it, right? Like there's something that just like brings people's walls down. There's room suddenly for growth where like there just wasn't even an hour ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of my experience professionally in the outdoors has kind of been sharing exactly that. Right. So, you know, prior to us starting a for adventure, I worked in a more clinical setting, like in mental health and addictions, right. Taking people out, and uh, because addiction's a real thing, like in, in my world as well, you know, family and friends and stuff. And, uh-huh. you know, I, uh, every, you know, now with little kids specifically, like taking them out and kind of reliving it, it through their lives. It's like, you know, there have been moments where like, I kind of like feel like I'm back in those like early, yep. early stages of just kind of like getting that awe moment. Yeah. And and almost like you know, and actually very much, come into tears at times, thinking that like, oh man, like how lucky are we that we've got this, right? Yeah. And how lucky are we to live on the East Coast and just be able to have this playground, right? Because man, it's not you don't need to look far. Yeah. Certainly, you know, you know, yeah. look, look around in Sydney, look around wherever, right? Um, you know, it's 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 hard to bear sometimes that people can't just come to the realization that it just it's waiting there for you.
1: I think that's what like. Uh, on on our last podcast we talked to Grant from Kif Lab, and uh, that's what he was saying. He's like, man, like I don't think people some people really don't appreciate where we live, where we can go outside and like do all this shit and we're safe. Yeah. like yeah.
4: <laughs> For a whole host of reasons. You, yeah, you like, might get that odd male moose. We're the not going to get
1: but... eaten by a hippo. or <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: attacked by a jaguar. Like um chris what about you yeah i mean i was a child who just ran around all the time i was never inside um but like mostly playing sports like throwing the baseball around playing hockey golf like just run around the neighborhood like my parents would have to yell every night to get me to come in or flick the lights off and on and yeah i had a little patch of green space in, in our backyard that went down there's a little waterfall right i grew up in dartmouth yeah um so, yeah, I just kind of always but hiking, camping, we never camped as a family growing up. At really? All. Yeah, not at all. Um I did a few times and and you know, uh with friends and stuff as I got into high school, but not so much as a as a child with as family. So, uh for me, I kind of came into it a little bit later. I was probably, you know, even I would even say post university. I'd say like early 20s, like yeah. mid mid you know, 23, 24, 25. You know, so that's like 12 years ago. So it's pretty, still pretty almost like new to me. Um, That's why I always call myself like a generalist to the outdoors (laughs) because I love doing everything. Like (laughs) put me in a canoe, put me in a kayak, stand up paddleboard. I'll even surf every now and then. I'll whatever, whatever the pursuit, climbing mountains, I'll try anything. You know, I bike every day pretty much still even throughout the winter but I'm not really great at any of them. That's how, can
4: I,
5: I, just that's say how though, I
2: feel. Can I say you know?
4: quickly that I think it's one of your greatest strengths? That I'm a generalist? hundred percent, man. Yeah. Like, and I, I really believe that. And I think that's part of why people really identify with what you say is because uh, like I'm so addicted to ocean sports. Yeah. Know, Chris and I are away on hikes and stuff and I'm like checking the surf report. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though we're like in a beautiful valley somewhere. Uh-huh. So I just like, I always really respect it about you and that like you are able to just like find Absolute joy in all the things that we do. Oh, no, I, I mean I like you said
2: I consider myself very lucky that you know, and I, I find myself when we're on like a tourism shoot or we're we're working, so we have the cameras in our hands, or we got drones and we got our phones and and you know I'm just like ah, you know because I struggle with social media stuff that we I think everybody does. Yeah, but I I try to ground myself and realize like I'm still here, I'm still climbing this mountain, I'm still in this beautiful place, I'm getting paid. Um, and yes, I need to do the social media stuff, but I need to just do it and then put it down because you have to do it as part of work, but appreciate where you are and realize how lucky we are to be, be here doing this and getting paid to do it and and being able to share these things are really cool. So yeah, for me, the outdoors is newer. Maybe it's, um, yeah, I'm more keen, I guess, with, uh. Mm-hmm. With all the stuff, I, I love trying. I'll try anything. I'll do anything. I, I like to say yes, and I think that's we're talking about like trial by fire. I mean, that's that's how I learned how to do all these things. Like, well,
1: that's the one I was. I said to you guys like when we did kedgey. They're like, yeah, you want to go do kedgey? Like, yeah. Like, you uh, have any experience with a canoe? I'm like, no, never, I've never <laughs> been in a canoe. But you know, I've never been one to say no. So yeah, this is and like, and going sounds with the like right, a good time. So going with the right it.
2: people, going back to the education talk, the thing we were talking about earlier. Like, listen, if you're going, if you've never done it, but you're going with these guys, like, yeah, right, like, with people who know what they're doing, sure, yeah, absolutely, let's go. And
4: Denis and Ashley Moffat yeah, and Alec, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, can we, can we just gush on Ashley Moffat for a second? Oh, she's so awesome. What <laughs> a beauty, right? <laughs> oh. Have you listened to her children's album?
2: I haven't. Oh. My goodness, is it
4: good?
1: It's so good. What is it? She's got she's a, a new, tri- sh- she's got a new song out, and it's really no good. shit.
4: She has uh, a
2: whole children's album, though. That is, I a, did not know that. Yeah, oh my goodness. what? Why didn't you send this to me? There's a rap song what? on the album.
4: Oh, yes. yeah, there's a rap Look, song, and she for once and for all about a plati- clarifies uh, about a platypus, by the way. that's the rap true, song. and that's it's amazing. So but she once and for all uh, ends the debate of what's the difference between a vole. And a mole. she has a song about it go i'm not <laughs> even joking
2: and it's i am amazing. so excited yeah. to go home and look this <laughs> it's, up
4: it's so good boy anyway so good, just good. wanted to yeah. share my love for her
1: yeah i i think ashley's a beauty we all really um we all really connected and had a really good time together on that that trip mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah i i can't wait to to see her again for sure yeah um What's uh, what's next
0: for you guys? Like, what? Well, what, you, what, you got a show. They got a show.
1: Oh yeah, got, you CBC, guys got a new right. CBC show. Got, no, but then yeah, they've we have got the Bell, Bell show, yeah. the
0: Bell show too. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. We 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 just went off the deep end. So, oh, to, give you, guys, yeah, to yeah. give you guys, <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed this. This is kind of like the the style <laughs> of podcast I like doing, rather than just mm-hmm. like, hey, who are you? Answer, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, answer. I'm like, yeah, you know, because sometimes you yeah. guys are more comfortable on the mic than a lot of people, right? So it's very hard. We have to kind of steer people in the direction mm-hmm. sometimes. I mean, not Bryson or not uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. or, no, you just you
4: hold know. on for dear life. You yeah. <laughs> say, you say,
0: uh, you say uh, like helicopter and Bryson just goes off. Like, yeah. yeah. you know? um, <laughs> But it's it's like this is what I like about this, and we we're talking before. So for people listening, uh, they've they've know because it was in the intro. This is going to be the finale episode of this seas, season, so and so season. Quote: I should have mentioned that in the start of the podcast, but I didn't want to put too much stress on everybody to make it a good <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be. Um, yeah, it, I think it's good. So we're not constrained for time we're just here talking but yeah. like there was some of the talking points that we had were you know to talk about the experience with the show and share that for people
2: listening and well pandemic story so that Let's was uh yeah that was uh, we got a call from a, a producer who we've worked with in the past and he was like boys bell's looking for content no one's allowed to go get content because this was like the start of covid did you guys i, you, I know you guys got a ton of footage Think we can put together a six-episode show? We're like, yeah, absolutely. So we were we were going like the first season of Bell two years ago. Like, some of that footage was like five years old, yeah. six years old. Like it was, you know, the going up the Eastern Shore to oyster o- oyster at the, the Silver Island and stuff like that was like some of the earliest stuff we've done. And we just repurposed it, shot interviews, some of it here in the in the shed, um, to kind of splice in between and make. Yeah, and we we filmed one new episode that was the surfing one at Lawrence Town. And uh, and then, anyways, Bell was like, "This is great. Can you guys do again?" So we did season two, and we got to go up to Cape Breton for a couple of those, which was awesome. Um, And that you were talking about the the film crew, like only climbing mountains, uh, like while they're filming something. Yeah. So we took the film crew up. (laughs) And there was a small crew. It was only like eight or nine people.
1: That or, is a huge crew for
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty. Yeah, I mean, because you had the sound guy and the DP yeah, okay. and you know all the the assistant and all that stuff, and so and a couple of camera guys and the director and but a lot of them hadn't done that. And we did Franey. and there's quite a bit of snow. Like you know, did Franey...
0: They have, did they have snowshoes or not? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, oh good, yeah, good, yeah, okay, 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 yeah. Okay. We
2: made sure. We we made we did our best. We had we actually brought a big duffel bag full of like. We had like 10 mid layers and, you know, we had like proper pants and we knew people were not going to show up with the right stuff. Yeah. Uh, the weather turned out to be okay, but it was, you know, it's, it's freiny. So it's not a super hard hike, but to someone who doesn't hike, it's the craziest hike ever. Yeah. So that was a pretty, that was a pretty hilarious day. And like, there was a lot of like counseling going down. Cause I, I made, <laughs> yeah. I made everyone go down the long way. They're like, no, no. Cause they're like, it's shorter going back down. I'm like we're going the long way down. I'm yeah. not, this is a, not the a road. Yeah. They are going to the road. This is not a discussion. This is what's happening. And it was a lot harder in a sense. Cause no one had gone down there. So the snow was really deep. <laughs> like there was like some six foot drifts and stuff or yeah. even, even bigger. So um anyway but it was sort of getting dark and like I was picturing people sliding down the hill from where we just came. Yeah. Like we're going to be safe. So there was a lot of counseling, a lot of pep talks on the way down, but it was pretty but again, that kind of type two fun. And then we go when we were eating dinner and everyone's like talking about it and they're, they're all excited about the day cuz they hadn't done something like that before. So it was a really fun like yeah experience. We joke that that episode would have been much better if we turned the cameras around. Yeah, and, like, right? Film the whole day as we were going up the hill. Um, you know, I I'll go up the mountain as as a crew because there was a lot of funny moments that were. Did
1: you ever see um the meme with uh, the fastest runner in the world? I and then that... it's like a little video or a gif, right? Um, it's like the fastest runner in the world, and then the camera cuts over to the cameraman running next to him <laughs> with the camera. <laughs> amazing. And uh, yeah, so I often think of that. Like sometimes when I watch that sort of stuff. You know, like. You
5: know what? like
4: part of me really gets nowadays, like I like to suss out documentary films about adventures that happened in like the 80s or like the early 90s where they're carrying like cameras that weigh as much as this house or like up the side of a mountain. You know what I mean? Like right. nowadays, like you got a GoPro, you know, whatever. You know, it's just like just part of the scenery more or less. Yeah. But man, like you know, the effort that went back into some of these things that these guys were doing is like, especially climbing like K two or something. Like you know, hauling yeah. that shit up there, like, and, like living on a portal ledge for ten days, like and
1: and they had their gear. Yeah, they had yeah. their gear for the track. That's it. Yeah, and a camera and that
4: weighed fifty five you know, pounds <laughs> or sixty yeah. pounds. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, smoking a cigarette. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, so the Bell Bell stuff's been great. Uh, Bell's been really fun. You it, like you you have to have a Bell account to watch it. Um, but it's on demand on their like five, five, one channel across Canada. And we've got some really good feedback
4: from it. And it's, we yeah, took actually, uh, a real huge oh. bump in people checking it out. It did pretty well out of the this gate, so funny. but it was released kind of just before, like the first season was just released just before Christmas. Like, I don't know, was that two years ago, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was just kind of sitting there and they were just getting into promoting it. Right. So they're like putting it out on all their affiliate channels. Okay. And then all of a sudden. The January Whoa. 6th insurrection in Washington happens and anybody who was like in Ontario or BC or like all kinds of different places across the continent, if you were watching CNN and Bell was your provider, they were showing yeah. the commercial of our show, like in between, we were like, people are attacking, <laughs> like, well, I know, you know, this whole thing. Follow
2: Chris and Jane yeah, yeah. like, would their like, adventures.
4: And like, so like all these people who were like, you know, friends of ours who would live in other places were like, what yeah uh,
2: I was <laughs> I was at uh, I was in economy at the four seasons retreat with my family, and we had heard about this like Trump like what's going on with insurrection thing or whatever so I turned on the our little TV it's like this little one like that we have in this room yeah, and uh and it's I'm watching it and then like this is crazy like the, what the world's falling apart and then, it, <laughs> and then it goes to commercial and the first commercial on. Was our faces. Like Jan's Ocean Playground, like season one, like watch it. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Why, why am I seeing? And then my phone just starts going, like you idiots, like, oh, you know, like, zero, okay, you know, all the chirps from all my buddies and stuff. But it was like, yeah, it was crazy. You know, so season two, I was like, listen, I was like, if anything, like, you know, we were talking to like Destination Cape Breton and in tourism, trying to get everybody on board. I'm like, if, if anything, like, the trailer, we'll make sure like some key shots of like Cape Breton and like Nova Scotia are in the trailer because the trailer gets so much love because they do put it on. If you're a bell subscriber, they run a commercial for you for like a month or something. And for us, it kickstarted, uh, during, <laughs> during the January 6th, uh, when everybody was
4: watching TV. So, it was so if you're listening, awesome. thank you, yeah. Trump. We are yeah, no, don't don't say that. Come on.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we wanted to get controversial. Yeah, right? that's right. Ooh, yeah.
2: Controversial. And the, the radio show. Yeah. So CBC, like, like I said, started right here in, in this very uh, spot that we're sitting. Um, and so that started off as like... Basically, they got a really big kick out of us. Um, like, <laughs> I think the second time we were on actually was the 44th CBC Information Morning birthday party at the Seaport Market. Um, and we paddled across from Dartmouth at like 5.30 in the morning and arrived at the market on our kayak. And we that's all we knew. And then we walk in. And there was like 500 people and it was like a live audience. We're like, what is going on? We had our life jackets on. We're like, what is happening? It's like, it was like six, <laughs> it was like six fifteen in the morning. It so
4: unusual that they must've thought it was a setup. But Chris and I were like, uh, we, are you, are you, are you we didn't, we thought, <laughs> we thought they're just moving
2: the studio into seaport for the day. Like, yeah, we didn't know that everyone was there. It was like six fifteen, and there's like five, like literally 500 people. It was, it was crazy. And so we, <laughs> we do this live CBC hit there. And then they, the, producer came after us and was like um christina harnett and mm-hmm. she was like you guys you guys are great come will you come every wednesday and we're like yeah oh, oh yeah sure absolutely um <laughs> of course we, will. Do we have to paddle here though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we've been doing it yeah i've i started counting the other day i think we're like well over a couple hundred episodes deep at this point cool um yeah well over actually probably like 250 or something or my math isn't very good. Um, so it was every Wednesday. Now it's every second Wednesday. Yeah. But we increased the frequency. So we have to do, on Wednesday, every second Wednesday, we do five interviews in a row. Boom, 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 boom. Like yeah. Here in Halifax, Sydney, uh, Moncton, St. John, and Fredericton. Awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. It really is. And it's and it keeps us fresh, too, because we got to come up with content. Every two weeks, we got to, what are we talking about this week? You know, like we just talked about camping um, the other, you know, last week on CBC. And so, like, what are we going to, you know we start having discussions now like what are, what's what's on the horizon like mm. we're getting into paddling season maybe we do a paddling episodes so and we you know the community helps too if we have, if we ever like put it out like hey what should we talk about we're running out of ideas you know like people will be yeah. like talk about this talk about this talk about this we're like sweet now we have like 12 more things to talk about <laughs> over yeah. the course of the next like six months so um there's always stuff to talk about but yeah cbc for us has been a it's been a really cool uh yeah. Marketing tool for us too. like, yeah. You
1: know. I think like uh mediums like this, you learn a lot,
2: mm.
1: you know, like obviously I could pick your brain anytime we could talk on social media or whatever. I could Google things, but like, you know, i learned a bunch about you guys today. I didn't know. It probably wouldn't have come up in conversation, yeah.
2: you know, and uh, it's, the, you know, we were just, I just talked about this because with Dave Green with the night of adventure uh-huh. Um, like, cause he did that selfishly, <laughs> like nine years ago. He's like, he moved here, went to Acadia and he was like, I want to meet other cool people doing fun things. I'm going to start a night where people talk about things like cool adventures. And then so as a way to meet other people and we were joking because Dave's big trip he did last summer where he, you know, he canoed 1360 kilometers yeah, around yeah. like Fort McMurray crazy. And when you ask Dave, you're like, Dave, uh, you know, what did you, how'd it go? He's like, that oh, was good. <laughs> you know, it was, fun. was it hard yeah sometimes you know you don't you don't get much out of him and he needs to do a talk so he does a night of adventure and that's when he like opens up goes into crazy detail and you're like so oh yeah okay so instead of bugging your friends and like going on and on about this trip he did he just does one big talk and if you're there to hear it great and yeah that's how you get your and sense. you're involved with night of adventure as well right well, yeah, we, so when he moved to Halifax, um, after he was done at Acadia and he moved here to teach, um, we were like, Dave, we got to make this bigger. Like, cause he was doing it at Owl Whittle, like above the Owl Whittle theater for those who know that in, in, uh, in the Just Us, like the movie theater, downtown Wolfville. I'm like, um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, if you live, if you've been to Wolfville, went to Acadia, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but upstairs you might not know is this little room that fits like 30 people and if you got 35 people are in the hall like it's it's yeah. not a lot of room um, and he would fill it every time and when you moved to Halifax he's like let's make this bigger man like cool this is like there's a lot more people who would come to this so that's all we did it's it's Dave's baby and we just try to help him with it and we started we were like Dave, we can raise money let's raise money and he was he's always wanted to start a grant so we we started doing a grant I and mean, we were talking about this last night we've raised over 5500 bucks in the last 3 years and there's quite a bit of money in the bank this year, too, to, to give away to people. So if you're listening and you have ideas for cool adventures, look up com and send us a grant application. That's how Chalmers got
1: Yeah, when he yeah. did this thing last yeah, year. Right?
2: His, his application was like, I want to bike the Cabot Trail roughly 300 kilometers, and I'm going to run every national park trail trail there's 26 of them which would be about 150 kilometers or something i'm gonna do it in 60 hours in 60 yeah. hours yeah. and he crushed it. that was his, totally what <laughs> i just, yeah, <laughs> just ate it alive but what i just said that was his application yeah like that's almost word for word what he wrote and then he was like chalmers send like, so that's how easy <laughs> that's how easy the grant is to get we want and we want cool ideas like that so yeah dave green like to me has been such an awesome person in the outdoor industry here. We're so lucky to have him He's here such a beauty too. You know, the No first question. First question. First time I met him.
0: First time I met him was at uh I probably told us on the podcast that I did. But anyways, he's uh we did these creative weekend events years ago when we first started a business. And a friend of mine, Wes uh Booth was like, friend of mine, uh Dave's gonna come down, you guys should really meet. I'm like, Okay. And he came down, it was in the, like October, end of like mid October, and he was wearing a, a fur vest. <laughs> That just, was it. Just the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fur vest. Yeah. Case Classic. of beer. And that was it. That's, and that's then deep. he was, hey, his tooth missing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, Who know, is and, this that, guy? and that's how we, that's, that's, he's like, hey, you know, this is Dave. This is Lee. Hey, you guys, you meet. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, you know what Poland is? I was like, I, what? polling? <laughs> he goes, yeah, on a canoe. I'm like, where the fuck is polling on a canoe? He goes, look it up. I'm like, okay. Uh, do you want, and then he's like, do you know where King Ross is? I'm like, King Ross. And he pulls a map out and he puts it on the picnic table and he points to it. I go, Oh, big interval. Mm. I'm like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, What's the river like up there? I'm like, Pretty big. Uh, yep. You want to poll this in like six weeks? <laughs> I was like, Okay, okay, yeah, we'll yeah, go yeah, practice. Dude. You're coming with me. And that was how we met. Oh, man. <laughs> and so awesome. I went home and I was like Googling polling and it's, uh, we ended up doing a keji up the river, up the yeah. Mersey. But I was like, oh, he's like yeah and then i was texting him i was like he's like go go to a pond or whatever and just practice polling standing up in a canoe no way and then it, it torrential downpour, like torrential <laughs> downpour and the river was up like 10 feet it was huge and i go yeah it, it's not advisable to come down because he right. wanted to po- go to big interval to the bridge right. pole as far up as he could go which is where we came
2: down last year and then camp and then Paddle the whole river. Yeah, I love Dave's ideas when he just starts talking. Like, I mean, Dave's a, a
4: true disciple of like the old school mentality in a positive sense around the expedition. Yes, you know yeah. What I mean, he like he reads. He's so knowledgeable about like guys who lived two hundred years ago who did obscure trips down rivers you've never heard of, and he just like he. You know, he, he's a wealth of knowledge. If you get him to sit down and you feed him a beer or two, like, you know, he, he, he's he got lots of awesome stuff. that. He
1: so I did. didn't – I always just heard his name. The boys talk about him all the time, and they'd be like, Dave Green this, Dave Green that. And I'm like, I don't know. And uh, it was at one of the gigs, one of the concerts, one of the bite House things at Lee's last year. And I had just – I was just like walking by. And this guy is like, Jonathan. And I looked over and he's like, Dave Green. I'm like, The Dave Green? <laughs> You're like, him? He's like, Yep. I'm like, Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> you look majestic right now. <laughs> he's just like sitting all relaxed, like cargo shorts, like, Yay. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it was funny, really picking his brain that. that that weekend like over little things and like i don't know i feel like i feel like he's a really easy guy to have a good relationship with or like a a good rapport with really
0: easy to get along with you know and so i don't know
2: yeah he's that's where i'm
0: at he approaches things completely different yeah he's like you know this you were saying right the obscure people you know this guy this guy this guy this guy i was like i have no clue who any of those people are dave no clue But do you want to go paddle down this crazy (laughs) road? He's like, okay. But we've been trying, like, well, I've been trying. I don't know if he's been trying with me, but um, trying to, like, line up and do something together for a while. But just never. He's got a different schedule.
2: I'm on a different schedule. Well, he's got summers off. So he's off doing his big adventures all the time
4: in the summer. And that's probably your busiest time i'm guessing yeah, i would say so <laughs> and, and dave loves the solitude you know that's part of what mm-hmm. really keeps him going about it all like,
0: well like, that's you spoken it earlier about like you know being you're, you're filming doing all this stuff on all these hikes right so that was a conversation i had with him um two or three years ago and we were driving around northern cape breton in the oh creative weekend winter one where we had mm. at Shores, that yeah, one you yeah. were there uh debauchery um <laughs> and he and i were driving around and he was asking about you know um uh we were just having a conversation about filming backcountry trips that's because it's not his thing and like you know just you know how do you do it what do you do and i was like Honestly, Dave, I wish I didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. I like being there and I like doing things for me and I like being in the moment. However, it's like a double-edged sword for the industry that I'm in because I've got to document some of it to use to promote and, and market. Um, and for you, yeah, you can fund and back, uh, back all your trips financially, right? Or you can film a little bit mm-hmm. and then leverage sponsorship from it. So it's a double-edged sword. It's whatever you want. If you want to pay for it yourself and keep doing it, great.
2: Yeah, and he's but, kind of done it both ways. He's kind of like paired up with people who do it, like yeah, with, sure. with Noah, Noah yeah. Booth, and those guys, like with Northern Scavenger, Frank Wolf
4: last year. Like yeah, Frank Wolf's a, a well-known yeah.
2: entity in that world for sure. Yeah.
1: a legend, though.
4: Oh, he, truly, yeah, absolutely. Like he's I mentioned Dave's... his
2: name around my mom, she was like, "I've heard of him." <laughs> <laughs> Just a little teaser for because uh, we're coming up. We're putting those podcasts together for Night of Adventure. Like mm-hmm. for like, uh, I think we'll have at least like ten of them or twelve of them. And Dave's story, I won't ruin it, but his story with with Frank Wolf, the trip he just did, Dave emailed him like years ago and then waited to hear back. And then basically like, hey, man, like reach a note. love to do a trip with you, you know, if you can give me any. And, and, Dave, and Frank's response was, I'm not your guy. It. <laughs> so Dave's like, oh, he's like crash right? He's definitely
4: my guy then. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so
2: then fast forward now and then he gets to go on this trip with him and you have to listen to the podcast, to hear the details. So did, so did Dave Green get Dave Greened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, kind <laughs> of. Do, you know what? Do you know what? It's, you know, what's so funny about sorry. that is I told him the same thing. I was like, you know, Dave, I can picture you re- responding to that to somebody too. Somebody writes this big, long email, like all keen. And you're just like, oh yeah, sorry, man. I can't help you. Like, <laughs> I can't even think about what you just, you know. But it's in a lot of ways, it's like you know, finding your own way, right? Yeah, it's for like sure. and that's what Dave's done such a good job. Is just like he just goes for it, goes for it, goes for it, does all these cool things, and his name's now getting out there, and like some serious players like Frank Wolf are are taking notice. And yeah, I think you it.
0: just stick to your guns, do what you're going to do, do it well, and continually. Do. It's con- uh, consistency, uh-huh. yeah. being consistent and doing it, and then things will shake out. Yeah, I gotta burp.
4: I mean, there's, I guess, too, like there is a sense of ego that plays into this whole thing, right? Always is, definitely for sure, because, like, you know, I think we've evolved with it a little bit, but like at the beginning, like for sure, like we were really stoked about what we were doing and pumped to tell people about it ad nauseum, <laughs> yeah. right? you know. Um, but to your point, right? It's just like where there's more depth to it because it's like so soul fulfilling. Uh, you know, keeps us pretty, pretty humbled these days. And again, like, you know, just because like we're in a pretty different phase of life right now, like going and running and gunning the way that uh, we look to you enviously uh, isn't really in the cards right now because we got little, little kids. Right. So, yeah. Um, Strapping your back. Fucking bring. It oh, on. we. Oh, yeah. Don't so worry. part of me, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I'm just put a helmet of, on them <laughs> yeah, fully. And we do. <laughs> but uh, I just, you know, look on and, and see you guys. And, you know, I'm 90 percent stoked and 10 percent being like. Screw those guys. Um, We used to be cool, I swear.
1: So uh, before we, yeah, tell tell me about some things, (laughs) some trips that you guys have coming up. Do you have anything bland? Yeah, we
2: got some cool, like, so so I just got off the phone. uh, So this is fresh in my mind uh, just yesterday. Um, The Canadian Wildlife Services, we do some work with the Canadian Wildlife Services. uh, We've done some videos for them in the last couple of years. Uh, highlighting some of their properties. Yeah. And um, this year uh, we get to go to a little island called St. Paul's. Yeah. And a little island called Hote. Cool. And a little island called Country Harbor uh, and Big Glace Bay, which is not an island, but like that's also newly protected by them as well. So those four properties Big are, Glace
1: Bay is protected.
2: Yeah. That whole little- um, Really? Yeah. Cool. Estu- I was just out estuary there. estuary there, like that nice beach, because there is piping plovers on that, on yeah, the, on that beach. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we are filming there and then we're, but the big ones I'm really excited for are St. Paul's, of course, way off the mm-hmm. tip. the I know. Well, listen, there could be exactly. room. So yeah. be Dude. careful. Be oh. careful what you say. Oh. I'll give you a <laughs> backstory on that.
0: Two years ago, I, uh, I, I had planned a trip out there and there was, we had blocked out a week and we were going out there for a week.
2: You get you know, like a fishing boat to take you there?
0: Uh, helicopter. Okay. And it all, we had, or I, I blocked out a week. I had five other people black out a week and like the day before we we're supposed to go got canceled.
2: So well, we, this is kind of cool for us because we get to go with like, you know, full red carpet, so to speak, from the government. Right. So cool. it's like we're allowed. Yeah, we, to, di- we didn't. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> that's yeah. exciting. So, so it's pretty cool. And same with Ilhot, um, you know, which is in the middle of the Bay of Fundy, uh, which I've never been to. I've never been to either of those places. I've been to, yeah. We went to Country Harbor or Country Island last year. And that's Tell them it. about that. Well, our adventure that you and I tried to go to Country Harbor, we tried to kayak out. It's not too far; it's like seven kilometer kayak. But you mostly go sheltered through some islands. This is up the eastern shore of Nova Scotia. Yeah, Um, and then you have to come out in this open ocean, and it was the fog was like you could barely see the end of the kayak you know <laughs> that foggy yeah and the waves were you know the swell was up pretty good and We've got
4: like all our gear and we have like right, we know? have the yeah. fs7
2: and we have like all the camera gear and <laughs> the hatch and i'm just like the waves are crashing over i'm just like oh god like we gotta be and so we ended up pulling the chute um and staying on this incredibly beautiful white sand beach um and camped on the beach and then hopefully the next day we'd wake up to no more fog and it, uh, got foggier, I think it did. But then I went back out with the coast guard from Port Pickerton. Yep. Um, and that Island's really cool. And I can't wait to go back and going back in June, uh, when all the terns are there. Um, and there's like thousands of thousands of terns uh, birds, yep. um, little, little shorebirds that are, that are there. It's one of the biggest colonies, um, left in north america wow and uh so i'm really excited to see the vast because i was there in july because of covid things got delayed last year um and there were still hundreds and hundreds of turns but i can't wait to see what thousands and thousands looks like so wow. that island i'm really excited and then of course saint paul's and ilhote as well um you so, know, i'm excited for big lace bay too i guess oh, i yeah. mean <laughs> you,
1: listen you make it out to big lace bay you give a brother a show oh 100 yeah 100 yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah so awesome.
2: um, so that's a cool one are we
4: uh are we ready for rapid fire Ooh. Oh, is it right? I don't know. Do we have oh, any yeah. more
1: adventures planned? I mean, ah, I mean tons. Like, uh, I yeah, guess, there's... like, a
4: big piece of what we've been really pumped about in terms of, like, the work we've got to do over the last year and, like, looking forward to the next couple of years is is the conservation work, right? It's Nova yeah. Scotia Nature Trust properties that we've been highlighting, yeah. Canadian Wildlife Services. Like, you know, it, it's easy to stay stoked when you're working with organizations like that which yeah. like, you know it's so obvious that yeah. they're doing awesome stuff like right? our job with the nature trust is amazing
2: cuz we just the best. we just get to go to places and highlight places that they're either trying to protect like almost protected they need yep. a little bit more money to do it or that they've already protected just to showcase how beautiful it is and, and what they're protecting and why they're protecting it And so it's just like you know getting yeah, getting photography, getting assets for them, and then helping to share it and talk about it on the radio and share things, but also get assets for them so that they can do a better job of promoting themselves and getting more money to protect more land. It would be to a trust. great chat for
4: you guys. It would be a It'd cool be chat, That's a really, cool That's chat a really good guys. idea. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Trust yeah we'll cool.
2: look into that for sure. Got to go to Lowlands Cove in the fall last year with, yeah. with Alec, too, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Ashley and uh-huh. Chuck um that was really cool what a beautiful spot i know i know underrated a lot of people don't go there but yeah thank you for mentioning nature trust that would have been bad if we didn't talk yeah check yeah check what about our electric vehicle i'm just kidding yeah yeah. (laughs) rapid
4: fire sure yeah let's hit it
1: it doesn't have to be rapid though okay okay it's just a formality
4: but we have to wrap it
2: (laughs) okay (laughs) summer or winter Ah, uh, wow. You know what? I'm going to say winter because I thrive off of like the chase for ice for me the last few years. I've really, summer's a lot easier. You can just kind of go out and do things unless there's like some kind of crazy storm. Um, but winter, like it just takes more calculation. So I, I, I get more of a, of a rise out of like the, f- the accomplishment of like, you know, hiking to this place that I usually canoe but I have skates on my back and a hockey stick over my shoulder, yep. and I get over there and the ice is perfect, and you get to skate around. Like the reward in the winter for me, uh, for a lot of reasons is I love the winter. But I mean, summer is always awesome, obviously. But winter, winter for me, <laughs> uh, winter for me, there's more reward, so I like the winter. Yeah, September. <laughs> surfer, know, all surfing that's yeah, that's a surf surfing. related <laughs> yeah. well actually winter i suppose though yeah
4: well look i you know i would certainly say that um you know as a avid surfer i surf probably four or five times a week through the winter tell us your wow. favorite surf spots actually let's get, let's get controversial. <laughs> that's on the list yes right? favorite, surf, favorite surf spots <laughs> good yes! i look forward to that one. yes um, okay sorry so no honestly like you know the winter to me nowadays like when you th- when like we always talk about like how the summer's so fleeting. Like it's like summer in Nova Scotia, right? It's only lasts like sixteen really good weeks and it's gone. But I feel like, you know, especially with I don't know, climate change. I mean, you know, I, I notice a difference, certainly from when I was a kid to now. Yeah. Winter's short. And oh, yeah. like to seize yeah. it, like you gotta be on it. I mean, you guys know, right? Like you're yeah. trying to do these trips across the highlands, like it's it's anybody's guess of whether or not you'll even have snow in Cape Breton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? we, almost, we almost didn't. We, yeah. oh, we almost didn't. It rained Amazing. for like 10 straight days before we went on that trip. Yeah. Like, so you got to be on it,
4: right? Like winter forces your hand that like, you know, if you blink, it's gone.
2: Yeah. And that we was... did a big bike ride around Lake Ontario too. <laughs> we did a thousand kilometer bike ride like
4: four years ago. Is that four years ago now?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, four winters ago. And that was like... That was super cool. That was amazing. I mean, this was like, we, we had, when we were thinking of the idea, this is with our, our friends at Baffin uh, Outdoors who we met at a trade show. Another very long story, but awesome, <laughs> awesome people. Um, and they were doing a fundraiser and we we're like, yeah, we'll do this fundraiser. And it, they end up, their idea with the bike around Lake Ontario in the middle of the winter. Um, and we were going to stay, like, we we're going to camp, but then we just realized quickly that this would take like a month if we we're going to actually camp. So at the end of the day, we got to, like, stay at a and b or something, and, like, we picked our spots with that, that had hot tubs. So this was by <laughs> no means, like, the most insane trip, but it was 1,000 kilometers biking through, like, winter storms every day. So it cool. was pretty awesome. So, yeah, winter is my – that was not rapid fire, by the way. That's okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> okay. I mean, well, you're throwing
4: <laughs> fastballs out of the gate here. That's, yeah. a, that's a complicated question. So for yeah.
2: favorite surf spot. <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay so <you> know, let's <laughs> willing to divulge but let's address this right because um you know this kind of goes back to our earlier conversation right like surfers are our unique bunch mm-hmm. and uh there is a lot of localism right there's a lot of yeah. like you don't talk about certain spots and i think a part of that is fueled mostly because surfing's such a finite sport uh-huh. right? The waves are only there sometimes uh-huh. and they're only there really good sometimes. Yeah, for right? sure. So, um,
1: I had a great time at Cherry Hill last year, which nice. is a beautiful beach. Yeah. Point
4: so, Michaud, Point Michaud, same Poin thing, Michaud. So And There's plenty yeah. of great places to point to people, you know, like Mark yeah. and Lawrence town are obvious hits, but like you we,
2: know. what we do just in fairness, I mean, cause this is, I always tease Jan about surf spots and stuff. Like, <laughs> even on CBC, I always say like, Oh yeah, what's your favorite? <laughs> just to get a rise. But, um, we always point people in the direction of lessons. So, yeah. Point in show, get some lessons. Lawrence Town Beach, get some lessons. Martinique, get some lessons. Yeah. Wherever it might be. Because surfing, again, is one of those sports where, like, you know, people, you can't just grab a board. <laughs> you and go, could oh. suck at it yeah. for a long and it's, time. And it's super dangerous, too, right? Yeah. And, but yes, sucking at it is, is a big frustration if, you're, if you want to do it a lot. Um, so, getting a lesson, learning how to read ways, learning etiquette. Is really important, you know, not getting in the way of somebody, not going to a wave that's out of your comfort. There's all these things that you wouldn't know if you weren't a surfer. You'd just be like, "I'm gonna run onto the beach, grab your board, and get in the water." But there's there's etiquette and there's a lot of different nuances that can be really dangerous. So, favorite yeah. snack food?
4: Mm, well,
2: <laughs> dill, dill pickle chips. I was gonna say sun chips. What kind of dill pickle? Ooh, uh you know what? These like the spicy dill pickle ones oh, that are Oh
1: see I'm gross. I'm uh I'm classic uh old Dutch
2: baked dill pickle. Oh, oh wow yeah, I yeah. could eat forty
1: bags of those. I've okay. seen it. I've seen it. I
2: mean I would eat <laughs> them, but those would be on the bottom of my like would dill pickle they? list. Yeah. And what's yours, Jan? Sun chips, sun chips, sun yeah. chips any yeah. kind of
4: flavor. Uh, look, I'm just a classic French onion French guy. Onions. Yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you put a bag of that in front of me, like I could sniff them down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh, waves or waterfalls?
2: Waves, waterfalls for me. Cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite waterfall? Uh, the George Fraser Slot game it is pretty cool. It was yeah, pretty cool. It was yeah, pretty cool. I was there this winter, so it's fresh too
1: um do you have a favorite wave no i'm just
4: joking Uh, (laughs) Uh,
1: do you have a favorite outdoor adventure
4: i mean look i i don't for me like it doesn't actually matter the adventure as long as it involves water like i'm pretty partial there like the canoeing the kayaking the surfing the paddleboarding swimming like that is where i feel like the most connection no doubt for Mm -hmm. sure i love to camp i love to hike like all those things for sure deeply but like water's my calling
2: chris yeah that's a tough one i was thinking the whole time i i I love camping i love being out where it's quiet and remote and usually i would say my favorite ones with that would be probably in a canoe i'd say yeah i would say going off and it doesn't i'm not a big like I love rapids and having fun and you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, sometimes when I'm out there, I just you'll, want to chill. You'll just, take a
1: lazy river, yeah,
2: lazy river. A couple portages. No, I don't. I don't worry about portages. But yeah, like being on a canoe camping. Do you
1: have a favorite place in the Maritimes?
4: You're in it right now.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, I don't, I like that we're in I your don't favorite know. place right now. Deeply this is, in Miami, this is you know, beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah. This place is amazing. Uh, I. Oh, man, that's a tough one. That is a really tough one. I don't know if I do. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I do. I love it all. Um, how do you take your coffee?
1: Don't drink it. Don't. That's the second oh, one. So weird. It's such a? It's the weirdest thing do you about drink tea them.
4: Okay. So listen, no, I, I have a backstory to this because, uh, as Chris will quickly point out, it's not that I don't drink caffeine. I surely do. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> Look, and, and I, I I believe this. Chugging um, monsters in the woods? <laughs> when I was... Not monsters. Okay. No, no but uh, when I was, I don't know, like probably eight or nine or something, right? And played a lot of minor hockey. And we left from here. It was a cold-ass, like, January day. My dad, you know suffering through having to take three of us to hockey practice, me more than the others too. So he resented me extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> and we went and we pulled into the Tim Hortons park or to the, you know, drive through right on our way to like six thirty or six or seven o'clock practice. Like it was super early. It's dark. And he got the, he ordered a, you know, large double double or whatever he got. Right. And he's holding it in his hands and he was like holding this thing. Like it was like, contained the secrets to the universe,
5: right? And it was, like,
4: clearly holding him together. And I, like, you know, Cavalier, like, tons of energy as a whatever, eight-year-old. I was like, Dad, how come old people drink coffee? And he looked at me with such utter conviction, and he said, you won't understand until you're old enough and your life is hard. (laughs) And ever since then, like, if, like, the coffee is presented to me, it's like, is my life hard enough? Is this the moment? Have I rounded the corner where like <laughs> life uh, is there? Hard hard I love coffee. In black is the answer for <laughs> <me>. you. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
1: okay, um, if you are what you eat, what are you?
2: Mm, you go first. Pizza.
5: <laughs> oh, I feel I, that.
2: yeah. I mean, I try to eat healthy, but uh, yeah, probably probably pizza. I love I love
4: making pizza. I love pizza. Peanut butter. Ooh. Peanut butter. Well, because it, like, largely goes with everything. You associate it with fond childhood memories. You know what I mean? Like, you had good times with peanut butter when you were young. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> I, a very... Wow. <laughs> Move. Next question. Uh, <laughs> crunchy or smooth? I go uh, back and forth. I don't discriminate with my oh, peanut okay. butter. In like fact, it's a long-term dream of Natural
0: or craft?
4: Uh, look, I'll go both ways. Put it... A, put a, a, like the sun chips. If I get a... I can't keep the craft peanut butter in my house because I will just, go yeah. at it with a spoon <laughs> and take that down. I love it. It's my long term dream after A for Adventure to have my own brand of peanut butter.
1: I just want to interject and say that if you do make it to Glace Bay, best pizza you will ever eat in your life.
4: Okay. Best Which
2: is
1: Well, all of the pizza joints are really, really good. Yeah. But there is one specific pizza joint is called J and T's pizza and they have gotten their <laughs> They they, they should be a sponsor, but they're not because I talk about them more than I probably should. We, we actually have.
2: I'm just realizing, like me, you, and Adam Hill, we made pizza from scratch, like one of the trips we were on with Destination, uh-huh. and uh, and now like every now and then, I'll just like in a group chat between the three of us, I'll just send a picture of like the pizza that I made like, with that, like a few times, like several times a year, we'll we'll yeah. we'll share pizza pizza photos with each other. Yeah. So
1: J and T's Pizza is located in an old. Tim Hortons, and I don't mean like a like a sec like the second generation back Tim Hortons. I mean like six generations Tim Hortons ago. The Original, and it has hasn't been painted yet. (laughs) Okay,
4: (laughs) that's an important detail. They
1: only take cash.
4: Uh,
2: Yes, this is like old school pizza joint. Man, I might drive there just for that. So it's like
1: next level. Right. All right. Okay. Um, if you were an
2: animal, what animal would you be? Oh, I'd love to be an eagle. Mm. Wouldn't we all? flying around. And... Wouldn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Just the king of wherever I'd you I'd also were.
4: go with orca whale. They seem to have a pretty good life. <laughs>
2: yeah, okay. Oh, look, there's a squirrel in here. Yeah. Oh, The squirrel's like, why didn't you pick me? <laughs>
4: <laughs> We've got a, a flying <laughs> squirrel. Oh, hello there, Sylvia. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: look at him. Oh, there he is. Oh, that, oh, is that is a flying is, squirrel. That is a flying
4: squirrel right there. Look, at see, told you. Holy wow. shit.
2: That's pretty <laughs> cool. Look
4: at
1: his eyeball. Yeah, that was... That is a big eyeball.
4: Oh, hi.
2: The flying squirrel. There's a flying squirrel in here. <laughs>
0: See,
2: really I cool. told you this place was magical. He's on an old canoe paddle. Oh, oh hey, buddy. Oh, it is an oar. If he flies at me, I'm probably... Gonna I play can't wait if he right now. has gone. He's got. Okay. Um,
1: if you had to choose between going up or going down a mountain,
4: what mm. would you choose? You know, the, the thing about it is it's like... It's both, right? That's the journey. No. That was a politician (laughs) answer, wasn't it? But it is, right? Like I don't know. Do you know if you had to
1: hike up a mountain to save someone's life? If you had to hike a mountain to save someone's life, would you want to hike up it or hike down it?
4: Well, as I'm sure you guys have discovered many times, like going down is often harder than going up. Do <laughs> you know yeah. what, I mean? Don't what I just thought knees. of?
2: Random thought I just had. We When we were in Lake Louise, we hiked in the winter. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Parks Conference. Was that what it was? Yeah. And maybe. we hiked up um, in snowshoes. And when we got to the top, one of our buddies pulled out a little crazy carpet. And the snowshoe trail, because there was a lot of snow, was beat down. I mean, it was about a three-foot wide, and then there was like three-foot high oh, it's walls. It was like a luge. So it was like literally yeah. a luge track. And we just took turns, and it was like very snowshoed. And we took turns ripping down sections of this all the, all the way down the mountain. Cool. With the, it was awesome. It's Bring, a
4: miracle no one yeah. broke an ankle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say – I will
2: say going down. If I'm going to save someone's life, I'm going to run down the hill, down the mountain. So
1: uh, if you – if you had to choose a way to go or choose a way to die, mm. what way would you choose?
4: Mm. Well, you know, look, the more <laughs> I uh, have kids, the more I hope it's, it's, you know, hanging out on one of the island sites in Keji surrounded by everybody I love with the sun setting in the West. Yeah, you know, it sounds beautiful. Site be, like 12
2: Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah site
4: 15 maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a goodie
2: yeah I, I think wow i mean that's that could get real deep but uh yeah just surrounded by the people that i love and it really yeah not in and hospital pizza. not in hospital that's for sure
1: mine would be skydiving and the parachute doesn't open yeah just no, for the yeah.
5: record yeah. <laughs> Fair
2: that's I'm how often a shark go, attack
1: if i had to choose if i had to choose in an epic way
2: so you're going up and you're jumping out of the airplane knowing that you're not wow
1: well, okay. I mean, I I don't know I'm gonna die at the oh, time, okay, but okay. like you know, if 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 if, right. if 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 death came to me and said you got to choose a way to die, you're not gonna know when it's gonna happen. Yeah, that would be. I'd pretty be like, crazy. all right, well, that sounds cool. I don't think, you'd, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't
2: think you'd feel anything. So that'd be, you know.
1: Well, uh, describe it like you would go through the five stages of grief. Really oh, like, quick, okay. <laughs> super <Yeah>. quick, right? <laughs> and then you just be like. All right, here it comes. Oh. Um okay, and last one. Uh who or what has been your biggest inspiration?
2: Ooh, who or what has
1: been my biggest inspiration?
2: Oh boy. Um uh, wow, I don't I don't know, man, like
1: You can name many.
2: Yeah, I mean like yeah. This, I've is learned, not, this is not confined to your mom. No, of course <laughs> you can but, name many people. But I will put on my awesome. Yeah, I will point out my parents are amazing, and they've given me all the opportunities in life, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like if there's any pinpoint. I mean, I have like aha moments throughout life, and I've been lucky to have great advice from, you know, from my from my grandfather and from uncles and uh-huh. a lot of family and friends and people who've looked out for me over the years and. But I don't know if, yeah, I, I don't know if I have like a definitive, uh, yeah, definitive person. I've been, I've been very lucky in that way to have lots of people who have, uh, looked up to or who, who have, I've looked up to and, uh, who
4: have tolerated me. <laughs> Jan? <laughs> As someone who's tolerated, I'm a great deal. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a like a long list, man. Like, you know, I could definitely dive deep into this one, but you know, some of the ones that stand out for sure is my, um, you know, my grandfather who I was fortunate enough to grow up just, you know, he was right around the corner here yeah. all growing up and sometimes I really worry deeply, like, you know, the, the kind of cut of his generation, you know, having <laughs> lived through like real shit, Yeah, world, world wars and stuff. Like, I just, I don't know if we're like up to the task that, but like they, you know, and and I only knew him as like you know, as a person knows their grandfather, right? Yeah. So I'm sure you know. I always like kind of like to like think, well, what is he, what was he like when he was 21? Like who was he punching at the bar? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. But um, you know, for me, like he sort of uh defines, I think, is like what it means to be uh like a, a gentleman in the sense of like carry yourself with. Determination, but with grace at the same time, mm-hmm. and uh you know just didn't have to say anything in his way that he affected that, like just like lived his life, and it was so obvious cool, right, but um you know, lots of awesome people in my life have like you know that's I think the real benefit is just being surrounded by so many awesome people, and like you know i 'll even pass the puck back to Chris here, and that like. You know, we've found a lot of inspiration from a lot of people, but I found a lot of inspiration from you too, man. Like, well, oh, about you too, man? Yeah. Like, you know, I met you when you paddled a kayak to Sable Islands. So <laughs> I was instantly like, what? <laughs> Who is this guy? Like, yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I think too, it's just like in the, uh, like, there's lots of different layers to what's possible. Mm-hmm. For me, like, the, the physical pursuit, and I think you probably, you and I share this a lot, is like, that's never worried me. You know, I've always felt like if I had to size myself up against an adventure, like I could go and do it for sure. Uh-huh. You know, if it's a big, huge wave, it's battling a Sable island, like those pieces of the puzzle are hard. But like, you know, going back to, you know, we talked about way back, which is like, you know, the mental fortitude. Right. And like, you know, when we started this thing, like I didn't know it, the first flipping thing about business and stuff. I just didn't live in that world. Right. And like walking into a room and having to have conversations like this just was not where <laughs> Not yeah. where I felt comfortable, right? So, like, you know, I think part of why we've been around for 10 years is, like, we come at it from really different angles and really different skill sets. And, uh, mm. you know, so, like, learning some of those ropes has been really important because it's carried us to really amazing places. And I'll give credit where credit's due. That's well, awesome. Thanks, buddy.
1: I uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. yes, I have too. Yeah, it's been a great one. I enjoyed it
1: immensely. Um, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? Like, where can we
4: find you? All the places you'd expect to the find beach. us. You know, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Lauren <Lord> that, Stout. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's where we would prefer to meet people. It as out on the trail, and like that's, that's happened before, and it's always really cool. It's like, hey, you're the for adventure guy like yeah. you know usually with the older crowd because the cbc
1: <laughs> but uh instagram but socials yeah, radio all the, tv
2: all the things yeah.
4: we don't do tiktok
2: well yeah, that, that, <laughs> yes we do, we kinda <laughs> do. i <laughs> uploaded <laughs> a few things onto it i tried yeah, try, yeah, you know, yeah. Try. it's
4: just where we might get there we're just
2: you we know, should be we, we should, should be doing it more but it's hard to do all the things but yeah no all the all the social medias yeah reach out and we love hearing from people and like Give us ideas you know like i said about what to do on cbc and all that kind of stuff and awesome. tell like us that. how to do our jobs yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a,
4: what are we doing? We don't know what's going on. No, but you know what? Like, big thanks to you guys, man. Like, yeah. you guys have found your little lane in this, and it's awesome. It's awesome to see, you know, all yeah, the things right. that you're doing. And I, we mention it regularly because we really believe in it, right? Like, just the the scene you guys go got going on, on the island is awesome. Yeah.
0: it's all been fun. It's all been. It uh, looks fun, man, like from the been, outside
4: looking in. It looks fun. It's yeah.
0: all been fun. I mean, that's that's the only thing is, I just always said I wanted to have fun, and that was in a different. It all depended on the mindset that I was in. So when I was younger, it was DJing. So I did music and DJ and played clubs. I liked it. It was fun. It didn't matter if I made any money at it. I just liked doing it. However, then the ego got in the way and then, you know, that sort of stuff. And and it became a different thing. And then I needed something else. And then this was something that I grew up doing. So, And then it started working. And I was like, oh, there's actually maybe a business here. But uh, I think I talked about it with a couple weeks ago with – What's his name? Sauce Man. Kevin. Jesus. Kevin T. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it was in, in finding that. And then also like, you know, in the early years of Live Life Intense, when we had that article that we talked about earlier, that was like, I mean, I think I made eight grand that year. Mm, and I right. invested five. And it was right. like, pff, I had no money. So that eight grand went back into the business. And, you know, it was just having fun. And that's all like any of these trips, any of this stuff, like when we did the trip last year um, in the Marguerite or Kedji, that was all just ideas because I'm like, that sounds like something
4: fun to do. Right. How can we do how, that? Yeah, How do we pull this off? Well, and,
1: maybe we can all have fun sometime.
4: Yeah. Hey, look, That's for right? sure. Absolutely. No cameras allowed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can promise <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
5: yeah. yeah. Well, thanks yeah, a lot thank for coming in, guys. Thanks. Or th-
1: thanks, for, uh, thanks a lot for having us, I guess. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next adventure. Can't wait. Right. Yeah, thanks a lot,
0: guys. Watch that. Okay. Peace.
4: Well oh, I've had a pain first.
5: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh...